Welcome to the Inspiring Sustainability Podcast. And I am delighted to be in conversation with Solitaire Townsend, who is the uh, co-founder of Futera. And today, uh, live on Periscope and also recording on uh, the podcast, we are talking about uh, two initiatives, busy lady, um, uh, which is uh, Climate Optimism and Happy Hero. Yep. And the, the Happy Hero is uh, Solitaire's book, uh, which uh, you can't see this on the podcast, but on live, we can see this uh, on the, uh, the video stream. And then also Climate Optimism is uh, run by uh, Futera, but also uh, with many other partners as well. Yeah, particularly with the Climate Group, who we, um, we co-launched with. Brilliant. Okay. So, uh, actually, what I'd be curious about before we kind of dive into what's happening at the moment is just a bit of history about Solly. Well, um, actually, a little bit of history about how I got into this movement directly relates to the Climate Optimist campaign and the Happy Hero, because in many ways, it's one story. So my background is, uh, I was in a council estate and uh, very happy childhood. But the estate that which we were raised on was often used as a dumping ground. Um, for fly tipping, for industrial waste. And I learned very early on some of the things about environmental justice. Even though I never knew that word, um, I was very aware of the fact that it's really unpleasant to live in an uh, environment which is a dumping ground. Yeah. And then when I was about 13 years old, uh, a company called Nyrex announced that it had plans to do a deep storage facility for nuclear waste in my town, otherwise known as a nuclear dump. And despite not being particularly uh, vocal as a a young girl, um, I got really, really activated by that. I think it was kind of like the last straw for me, which is, see, see, you want to dump nuclear waste here now? Um, And I got involved in campaigning. Nobody else, really, my family, what have you, was involved in that sort of thing. Um, um, spent two years campaigning um, and by the time I was 15 years old I was a hardened optimist because we won yeah. uh, I, you know handed out flower, f- flyers and I'd made tea and my parents had got involved um, and it was a very dangerous lesson to teach a teenage girl which yeah. is if you believe you can make a difference and if you work hard towards it you really can yeah. and that stayed with me all the way through um all the way through my career. And it's the reason why I have a career, because my my perception of the world when I first got involved in campaigning was really small. It was my mm. local estate, it was my local town. I didn't really have any aspirations to go to university, mm. etc. But by being involved in that campaigning, it opened a whole world to me. Mm. A whole opened a whole sense of what was achievable, what was doable in the world. And in fact, I'd had quite a serious eating disorder when I became mm. a was anorexic and Turning outside of myself and trying to make a difference in the world, I think saved my life. I was quite a vulnerable teen, and I think it saved my life. And that stayed with me. And then when, as a young woman in my early 20s, I got involved in the environment movement, the big movement of which we all know, it was a real downer. Everyone was depressed. It was all very negative. It was all very guilt-laden. And that's not what I'd grown up. That's not what driven me into it. So I think I've been trying to recapture that sense of hope and optimism and personal well-being mm-hmm. from being involved in change that I learned when I was 13 years old. Wow. 
It's a good, good story, good introduction, thank you. Well, it's the first chapter of the book, really? so it kind of helps. <laughs> <laughs> so you're familiar, well, you're familiar because it's your story, but you've uh, revisited your story, brilliant. Uh, <clears throat> so yeah, so uh, let's start with the book. What's the, uh, what's the genesis of the book? So I've been working on The Happy Hero for about six years. Um, I didn't really take any decent time off to write it, so it's all been sort of evening, weekends and holidays. Um, and it was very much based on that insight that changing the world is incredibly good for you. Mm. We talk a lot about duty. The word responsibility mm-hmm. comes into, into sustainability a lot. But for me, changing the world is a joy. It has a massive feedback effect. Mm. And so in The Happy Hero, what I do is I actually really investigate that. Mm-hmm. I investigate the formula between happiness, optimism, positivity, mm-hmm. and heroism, change, action, mm-hmm. and look at the evidence for the fact that Positivity and optimism drives change much more than pessimism and negativity. Yeah. And that heroism and action drives positivity and happiness. Mm. So if you want to be happy, change the world. If you want to be if you want to change the world, be more positive and happy. Mm. And then you get this real positive feedback loop. And I go into it into some detail, um, including how to take action yourself in a way that's positive mm. for you. Brilliant. And so um <clears throat> What's your hope for the kind of impact of this? What's, how do you see this going? So uh, we launched The Happy Hero with a piece in the Sunday Times style section, not in mm. the culture or even in the news section. I'm really eager for the book to reach people who are not necessarily traditional environmentalists. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'd love traditional environmentalists to read it as well, and mm. I think that will really help them mm. with their own messaging and outreach. But I want this to be read by people who sort of feel that they should be doing more, mm. feel a lot of guilt about this, and maybe aren't, you know, to maybe turn the TV off when um, uh, uh, when all the doom and gloom comes on. Maybe people who are watching Blue Planet and feeling mm. really depressed and bad about humanity. And I'm really hoping that Happy Hero reaches them with a sense that this doesn't all have to come from a sense of shame and guilt and mm. negativity and fear. This can come from a sense of optimism and hope and happiness. So what's one of the things that the sort of person that might well be tuning into this uh, podcast or broadcast uh, might be the sort of ones that are already kind of the converted. So how would you suggest that the, the converted could use the happy hero? How could they read this? What would be the headlines that they'll get from it that will help them in their conversations with others? Well, as you know, for 20 years in Futera, um, I've been advising some of the biggest brands and governments and charities on how to be effective change makers. Mm. Um, in Happy Hero, I've tried to synthesize all of that down mm. into a book. Mm-hmm. So what I would say is if you are already out there fighting the good fight and trying to make a difference in the world, I hope that the Happy Hero is going to make you a more effective change maker. Mm particularly as I go in, in some depth in the book, in terms of the different types of people that there Mm. are when it comes to change making. Mm -hmm. And those of us who are working in environment already are what I would call the green pioneer segment. Mm -hmm. We're very motivated by big world issues. If something needs doing, we feel that we've got the agency to go out there and do that. We feel that we've got such high agency to change the world. We can even take on climate change. Mm -hmm. We've got a very big sense of that. 
But we're not the only personality type out there. Mm-hmm. There are other personality types as well. There's a personality type who are very small world thinkers. For them, reality is their local community, the people that they see and hear and meet every day. And big world issues just don't resonate. But those are also really powerful change makers in their local communities. And there's the biggest segment of society are what we would call golds, mm. who are very driven by status and success and fashion. Mm. They are the makers of manners. They are the uh, they are the cultural creatives, and to bring some excitement and some passion and some fashion to sustainability mm. is what um, engages those. And if you've been finding yourself coming up against, should we say, a green ceiling mm. on your ability to communicate communicate and that there's a group of people who just can't seem to reach maybe they're not the problem maybe your messaging is Mm. so the the happy hero will help you think about ways to talk to people that you're just not reaching at the moment interesting be that a whole audience or be that your (laughs) sister-in-law it's like it's kind of this is that there's some intimacy and family stuff in the book as well so i'd actually kind of like to see from this so you're talking about the personal here um, and then uh, maybe we can do a transition uh, through to the Clamp Optimist. Yes. Um, but maybe on the transition, the bridge can be, can you give me one of your favourite Futera campaigns that is like kind of for an organisation? So that we start off with the individual, go to the organisation, Clamp Optimism is like global. It's, it's not, not a little thing, big yeah. thing. Um, so what... what, what I think one of the one of the campaigns that we did, which really touched me, was uh, many years ago, Sky and WWF decided to come together um, to work on Amazon issues mm. and to help protect the Amazon. Sky obviously does a lot of programming around mm. nature programming, etc. Um, and they wanted to dedicate a great deal of money to Amazonian issues. And they were communicating that through their very powerful communications channels in a very traditional type way, mm. all about loss and the the Jaguar being under threat mm. and traditional livelihoods being under threat and the images of, um, of Amazonian deforestation, which we all know to be true, but they weren't really getting a cut through beyond their very traditional environmental mm. audience. And of course, Sky has an incredible touch point with the British public. There's a lot of people who engage with that. So we came on board and with them, we just tweaked the messaging towards I heart Amazon. We mm. love heart. And to focus not on the negative exclusively, that's still crucially as part of the message, mm. but on what we love about Amazonian mm. and forestry issues, on the awe and the wonder and the excitement that that brings to us. And the the emotion and the love that we have for that Mm -hmm. and to allow people rather than to say I cry for the Amazon Mm -hmm. (laughs) say I love Mm -hmm. the Amazon and to wear t-shirts with a big green love heart on it Mm -hmm. and that really opened up that campaign and a lot of the important messaging from WWF stayed the same around Mm. what we need to do Mm. and around the money raising and the protection and the deep issues and there was some very hard hitting reportage that Mm -hmm. was done going out and Mm -hmm. investigating what's happened within the Amazon but all underneath this kind of welcome mat of love (laughs) and allowing people to come on board in a way that was much more inspiring and positive which welcomed a lot more viewers Mm. into that programming. That's interesting so the, so right, that's we're, we're, we, that's a really good example of how you helps uh, two organisations with what their their sort of journey about how to communicate and uh, communicate happiness and uh, so climate optimism. Yeah, uh, that's actually what brought me here directly because I was 
fortunate we're actually at the Futera headquarters here in central London and I uh, was uh, privileged to be asked to be a talk uh, where Solitaire was one of the, the speakers and I was really inspired by it so I said oh can I can I interview you and she was kind of say yes and that's the uh, transpiration of it so uh, climate optimism t- tell me about it. So the words climate and optimist feel really weird to put oh. together and for a lot of uh, traditional environmentalists almost dangerous to put those two words together yeah. but a couple of years ago if you tell identify another danger within what's happening in the public um, and with the public mind around climate change. So if you're a traditional environmentalist, your biggest threat from climate change is the climate deniers. Mm. So those who are saying that it's not happening, that we don't need to act. Mm. And that is clear and present. And we have some deniers and some very influential positions Mm. around the world. And they're very noisy Mm -hmm. and they're very loud. However, as we did our work around the world, we began to identify something else that wasn't as vocal and wasn't as loud, which seemed to be this kind of ennui, this apathy Mm -hmm. around climate change. And the main way that we and others were trying to deal with that apathy was communicating ever more strongly the urgency and the threat, urgency and threat, louder and louder and louder. And yet all that seemed to be happening was that we were creating more apathy and more ennui. And the... uh, Einstein's definition of insanity is to keep doing the same thing and expecting a different result, um, which is a very good uh, 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 a, a statement for what we're doing to the climate. But I'm a I'm a I'm not a technologist. I'm a, I'm a human scientist. If you so we worked with Ipsos here in mm-hmm. London, Ipsos Molly, the global research company, to look in 26 countries around the world, so India, China, the UK, mm-hmm. South America, North America, in terms of what do people think about climate change and our ability to solve it. Mm-hmm. And what we identified was something which truly rocked me. So about 14% of people think that we can and we will Change, uh, solve climate change. We have the will and the way. So mm-hmm. the way is we've got the technology, we've got mm-hmm. the technical ability to solve climate change, and the will is we can. So we can and we will solve mm-hmm. climate change. Uh, far larger group, around 40%, think that we can and we might. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we have the ability, we have the way, and maybe we've got the will. A smaller group, again, going to back, back, back down to under 20% are pessimists. They mm-hmm. think we can, we have the technological ability, but we won't. Mm-hmm. So they don't believe we have the willpower. And that's very worrying. Mm-hmm. So those pessimists are people who believe that we have the technical ability, but we won't do it. And then there's a group of 14% of mm-hmm. people who think that we can't solve climate change. Mm-hmm. They have given up. And only 4%, 4% are deniers. Mm. Now, that 14%, some of your listeners might be in that 14% who think that this is this is now a done deal. But when we dug into that percentage, what we discovered is that it's more likely to be the young. Mm. So pushing up to 22%, in some countries even 29% of young people who think we can no longer solve climate change. And that really worried me because that's where ennui and apathy comes from. Mm. There's no longer any point fighting back. And we could argue about the science of feedback effects and parts per million, but if we've already given up, then then mm. that, that is job done. There's mm. no longer any hope. So what we did with the Climate Optimist campaign is we deliberately have gone out to put those two words together. Mm. Now, optimist doesn't mean that I deny the science or I don't recognise the seriousness. Mm. It's the mindset that I choose to face mm-hmm. that fear mm-hmm. and urgency with. Do I choose to face 
climate change with pessimism, with fear and with fatalism? Mm -hmm. Do I just wipe away and say, right, job done, you know, look after myself, try to protect my own Mm -hmm. home and family Mm -hmm. from this? Or do I face the science with Mm -hmm. optimism, Mm -hmm. with a belief Mm -hmm. that we still can hold back the worst prepare for what's already coming and actually potentially even move, particularly mm-hmm. if we move to a 100% renewable economy, for example, to even a better mm-hmm. standpoint. Mm-hmm. And so we all have to face climate change in our own way. The climate optimists face it with hope rather than fear. Mm. Right. And so um, who are you working with on, on this this project? Because that's that's the kind of the big picture of it. What's, what, who are your partners? It's been a really interesting group of partners. So the climate group of Common On Board is our, is our main partner. So yeah. we and the climate group are running together. And the climate group, as you know, works a lot with big businesses and with yeah. government. So yeah. they are taking this message to business yeah. who have received it very well and to government who you've got a lot more work to do with. So they've yeah. got um, various governors on board in the US and um, around the world who are interested in, in this. We've also brought on board some corporate partners, so people like the VF um, uh, uh, Corporation. VF makes Timberland and North Face yeah. um, uh, and Wrangler and Mars. Um, the yeah. So we've got some businesses who are very interested in renewables, energy, and in material transformation, etc. We've also brought on, for example, the Ashtons, and the Ashton Awards are an award scheme yeah. for sustainable energy. So they're providing us a lot of examples of sustainable energy, energy and women, energy and transport, and the Divest Invest program. Uh-huh, so uh-huh. really kind of some of the people yeah. who are working right at the edge of how financial institutions. So it's a consortium of... Uh, People working with government and business, people working with the finance industries, people working really at the ground with innovators and charities who are doing things, mm-hmm. particularly in the emerging economies around energy and a couple of big businesses. Right. Wow. Amazing. There's a lot, lot, lots going on there. And what's the, so the campaign's been launched, you've got yes. partners. What's yeah. what's the uh, coming up with it, yeah. or what's happening? So, just for the last two weeks, we've been having a real focus on women who are change makers. Mm-hmm. So, we have posted over twenty little images of amazing, optimistic women, and their quotes from all around the world. This mm-hmm. idea of hope and positivity for women. So, that's been a really big theme. We're going to have some city takeovers. So, we're going to in the new year focus on some cities around the world where there's a lot of really positive work going on where there's entrepreneurs and a ground on the ground action and maybe even some really progressive mayors etc who are working on this so to really kind of focus on some of the optimistic cities around the world Um, and then we've perhaps got a few little surprises with some celebrity action and some celebrity endorsement coming up and our really big focus um, is another part of the survey that we did showed that people hear overwhelmingly more about the problem of climate change than the solutions. Mm. And that's not mm. right. That should be 50-50. If we've got this massive mm. issue to solve, people need to know how to solve it. Mm. So what we want to do is we want to change the balance and make sure we're not asking anyone to talk less about climate change. Keep talking about climate change. But let's make sure that we're talking as much about the solutions. So we're going to be really shining a light on the solutions. The solutions of what we can do in our own lives, what can happen in our financial industry, technology, lifestyle, food, farming. Really to make sure that when you ask someone on the street, 
what can we do to solve climate change? They don't go silent for a second and then say wind farms. Mm-hmm. It's like I want people to have many more answers than that. Yeah, well, it's brilliant. I mean, that, that's I'm actually reading at the moment uh, the book uh, Drawdown, which is yeah. run by Project Drawdown, which actually you just give gave food, uh, lifestyle, technology, etc. That covers that. For if you haven't heard it, uh, the listeners. Um, it's absolutely a fabulous uh, resource. You can find it, Project Drawdown Online. Um, and I think it even came up in conversation when I was here. And um, so, <clears throat> what? Uh, one of the things that was interesting, actually, uh, drill down a little bit more into the, the the women thing because that was actually something that was quite surprising uh, to me and d- delightful. That uh, number five and six on the Project Drawdown top one hundred. Uh, solutions um, were around women and girls. Uh, So tell me a bit more about that. Well, it's another reason why we're focused on women and girls for the last two weeks is that, uh, surprisingly, when you actually think about it, is that empowering and educating women has a direct impact on our environment. Mm. So there's an obvious piece around around population, which Mm. is we know that the more educated a woman is, the more likely that she is to be able to manage her family size and to actually Mm. support children through to to Mm. adulthood. We're also aware that a huge amount of farming is done by smallholder women around the world. Educating and empowering women can actually really improve farming practice with a Mm. massive knock-on effect. Improves um, uh, economic achievement. It, It begins to uh, decouple economic development from um, from environmental impact all the way through to simply empowering women with uh, with more efficient cook stoves mm-hmm. extends their lives improves their quality of life and massively reduces deforestation so we often talk about women being unfairly burdened with the consequences of climate change. There's mm-hmm. a lot of work mm-hmm. that's been done on that. What we don't talk enough about is women as primary change makers to solve climate mm. change. That's really interesting. Yeah. Another, another, <laughs> another pivot. I like this. So, I mean, so how can people find out about all of these uh, sort of initiatives uh, that you're talking about here? I'd love, obviously, for people to be able to go online and um, engage with it. Well, for The Happy Hero, I'd love people to read The Happy Hero. Obviously, you can buy those through wherever you usually buy your books. It's paperback and ebook available. There's also a website for it called thehappyhero.org, thehappyhero.org. Um, for Climate Optimist, Social media, just putting Climate Optimist into Facebook, into Twitter, into um, Instagram, and you'll be able to follow the Climate Optimist feed. Please retweet and get involved in that. We're particularly asking people what is it that would inspire them to be a Climate Optimist? What Mm. technological change, personal change, personal commitment, or grand thing that's happening in the world would actually make them feel that we can solve it? And there's also a website, um, uh, climateoptimist.org, where you can go on and you can pledge to shine a light on solutions and share your optimism so both the happy hero book and the climate optimist campaign very welcoming Mm. please come and get on board and get involved in the conversation as well because for many people who've been involved in the environment movement for a while some of this can feel anti-intuitive some of it can feel inspiring Mm. but there's a lot of in my book and on on climate optimist there's a lot of talking about the neuroscience and the psychology Mm. of this to help folks understand why this is likely to work yeah that's something i'm really interesting uh kind of i'm reading that type of book at the moment myself about neuroscience and psychology and the interesting thing is is actually for people who've come from a pessimistic 
sustainability point of view, with, from a kind of poverty mindset in a sense, it's actually almost more difficult from some, than somebody who's been relatively neutral about sustainability um, because they've got to change their whole worldview. And uh, to change your worldview is more difficult than to adopt a, a new one when you're being neutral. Exactly. So it's. And remember, I'm not asking you to be a Pollyanna. I'm not asking you to say that everything is okay. Everything is not okay. What I'm asking you to say is that you believe that we can make it okay with a lot of hard work. And when you think of all of our most extraordinary change makers through history, which I'm personally very motivated by, from Nelson Mandela to Mahatma Gandhi, um, and of course Martin Luther King, what those folks had when they were facing the most extraordinary challenges, which many people were pessimistic mm-hmm. about the ability mm-hmm. to solve, mm-hmm. they were able to hold on to the I have a dream, it always feels impossible until it's done. Mm. The This incredible sense that we can overcome. Mm-hmm. And that is a sense that I would really like to inject more, mm-hmm. particularly into issues around climate change, of we've to solve it, we've got to believe that we can. Yeah, brilliant. Now, well, this is actually, uh, you've just uh, done what it says on the tin for this this podcast, this this video, because um, you've been inspiring sustainability there. That's fantastic. And and also the kind of subheader for this is like game changers. And I, I uh, think that the basic, because they're both saying the same thing, the happy hero and climate optimism, and they're both about really changing the game, changing the way that people perceive this. And it's why I was really interested and excited about coming and interviewing you and I'm looking forward to kind of sharing all this information. Um, so if uh, you are inspired by this, then you can obviously follow me as well, um, Adam at Adam Woodall, uh, that's on uh, LinkedIn and Twitter and also there's an Inspiring Sustainability uh, Facebook page. Um, you can also uh, connect with me and uh, other podcasts and videos on inspiring-sustainability.com. And uh, so, Sarah, what's what are the uh, kind of like online resources for yourself and Futera? Um, Futera, F-U-T-E-R-R-A, um, on Twitter, on Instagram, on social media, and of course, a website, um, or Green Solitaire, as in the colour green, Solitaire, um, to follow me. And Adam, thank you so much for the chance to be on this podcast. It's awesome to be able to get the message out there. No, no, I'm really happy. And so thank you, everybody, for joining us on this. And thank you, most of all, uh, Solitaire, for your time. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you.